Is it purpose or focus that drive that pushes? Photographer made it happen. Fashion design made it happen. Arthur made it happen. Artist made it happen. I'm here to tell you it takes focus and drive to push yourself to achieve your special place in life. You made it happen. This is Linda Johnson and welcome to They Made It Happen. Let's go right into this segment of the show called My Truth. It's always interesting because you get to hear my take on what's really happening out there. So do you still wear your skinny jeans? Are they really out as in don't wear skinny jeans? What about all those skinny jeans you have in your closet right now that you have been buying for the past decade or longer? Okay, so here's the thing. Skinny jeans first spread to men's fashion in 2008. Then it continued into the 2010s, entering the mainstream fashion in 2011. Since then, they have remained popular and eventually became one of the decade's defining fashion pieces for both men and women. Ain't that the truth? Okay, they're also known as drain pipes, stove pipes, tight pants, cigarette pants, pencil pants, skinny pants, or skinnies. Check this out, though. They were first worn in the 17th century in France. How many of you know that fashion is not new? Okay. There's a little controversy staring with the style of jeans worn in 2021, though. Listen, people. Generation Z is coming for skinny jeans. Okay. And some millennials are none too pleased while others are just basically trying to cope with being shamed into getting rid of their preferred denim style, the skinny jean. But they want to keep on wearing the skinny jeans because they want to be considered cool. Not me. I say forget about all that. There is more to life than to be overtly concerned about the jeans you are wearing, people. Let me speak to the women real quick. Check this out. The bottom line is women should wear whichever type of jeans they want, no matter what the latest and greatest denim trend is. Never let trends dictate the type of jeans you choose. Consider your body type and lifestyle to determine the best rise, wash, and style for yourself. Variation is key. Women who are curvier, to make sure your jeans fit proportionately around the hip area first, but skinnier and more tapered in the leg and ankle, okay? This method creates an elongating effect, but it also creates a nice hourglass shape. Now, for the petite women with fewer curves, you should go for wide leg jeans, which adds volume. My main point is, not every gene is for every body, okay? And for the men out there, I'm not going to forget about you. If you're trying to wear skinny jeans and you don't have the body or the confidence to pull them off, pull them off. Don't wear them. Simple, okay? Just like the advice for women, not every gene is for every body. Every body, you get it? But what matters most is choosing the jeans that work best for you. Those of you who do not wear jeans, more power to you. Some people do not put their legs into jeans. They prefer skirts, slacks, dress pants, 
whatever. Okay, no worries. And for those millennials who adore their skinny jeans, wear them proudly. That's what I say. After all, fashion is cyclical. It's going to go around and come back again. Just watch. Skinny jeans will start showing up again because they'll be new for someone else. When I'm in the mall, let me tell you, I see people wearing every style jean that there is. And I say more power to you. And that's my truth. This is the favorite part of the show for me called Pathway. This is where I interview my guest or discuss a newsworthy article or event or something that is just near and dear to me because I am an activist. I care about what's happening in my community. I care about what's happening to my people um, in my community in the United States and, and beyond because as an activist, you have to be in tune to what's going on in your community and what affects your community in a positive and in a negative way. And women are the ones that make things happen. I'm just going to keep it real. They are. It's always the women. Stacey Abrams in Atlanta, Georgia. Look at what she did. You know, she helped to flip that state and others on the ground working with her and in other states doing the same thing. Kamala Harris, Senator Kamala Harris, a mover and a shaker. She ran for president. She wasn't successful, but she's a mover and a shaker long before she became the first woman of color as vice president of the United States. And she stated something that is like amazing to me. And I just like love that statement that she made when she said, you know, she reached beyond the glass ceiling. She shattered it. And she said to women, be careful, ladies, where you tread because there's glass on the floor. That right there. Yes. And so this week in my show, I want to highlight seven women that are groundbreakers. They're all medical doctors and one of them is not. And so this is going to be a two-part show. I'm going to be reading from and making comments uh, from an article that was written by Patrice Peck. Now, Patrice is a freelance writer based in Los Angeles and in Brooklyn. And she's the co-founder, excuse me, she's the founder of Coronavirus for Black People. So go online, check that out, you know, be a part of what she's doing, you know, uh, subscribe to her newsletter that comes out. I did. It's a lot of information about what she's doing um, on the ground, you know, in terms of helping the cause. And in this case, it's about the coronavirus pandemic, making a huge difference with that. And so a little backstory before I begin speaking about these phenomenal women. And there's going to be seven women that I'm going to be speaking about. And it's going to be a two-part show. This week, I'm going to be talking about a few women. And then the next week when I uh, come on with my podcast. We're going to be talking about a few other women. And I just want to get the information out there about these women so that you can support these women in your community because some of them live on the East Coast, down South, out West. And you can always be a part of what they're doing no matter where you are because we have social media <laughs> and you can find out what they're doing and find out ways how you can contribute in your areas or send money because, you know, these people can't do this stuff 
just by a nook and a crook or, you know, a, a prayer and a hope. They need people. They need volunteers. So I am bringing what these women are doing to the forefront so that you are aware and you can applaud their efforts and support their efforts because they're doing something that's really, really admirable. A little backstory before I begin speaking about these phenomenal women. Federal and state data confirm that Black people in America have been affected, hospitalized, and dying from COVID in high numbers across a variety of categories, including ethnicity, class, and gender, high unemployment, domestic violence, food insecurity, police brutality, and other crises aggravated by the pandemic form symbiotic associations with the highly contagious disease that thrives amid underlying medical conditions often caused by these same crises. Which brings me to today's pathway highlight. These seven Black women are the unsung heroes of the COVID pandemic. Some of these women have received media attention and are celebrated in their respective fields. Most are underpaid and undervalued, unappreciated and unknown. More than one in three Black women work low-paying frontline jobs, and we all know that. Accounting for more than 11% of the frontline workforce and 6.3% of the U.S. workforce overall. Black women are 26.1% of personal care aides, home health aides, and nursing assistance workers who have risked their lives every day to provide care in places where the coronavirus thrives, like hospitals and nursing homes. And yet Black women are proving to be as powerful, as I stated earlier, and effective in turning the tide of the coronavirus pandemic as they were with achieving record voter turnout to President Joe Biden and Vice President Harris, and leading Democrats to victory in the Georgia State Senate runoff elections. Yes, I applaud them. They did that. So the first person I want to introduce you to is Dr. Kismikia Corbett, Kizzy. As the scientific lead and only Black woman on the coronavirus vaccine and immunopathogenesis team, at the National Institute of Health, Corbett was at the helm of the world's first clinical trial of the COVID-19 vaccine and helped develop the Moderna vaccine, which was approved in December. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, credit this viral immunologist for being right at the forefront of the development of the vaccine. Yes. Now just stop and think about that for a moment. Viruses aren't new. The pandemic or pandemics aren't new. From what I understand and do your own research, fact check for yourself, every hundred years or so, the world is plagued by a new pandemic. That's real, folks. That's real. Do your own research. I'm not even going to throw that out there. Do your own research. But that's a fact. And so this doctor, a black woman, a woman, yet another woman, she did her thing. And I'm telling you, 
because of her contributions to the development of this vaccine, she has saved countless millions, yes, millions of people's lives. Noteworthy, yes, I am applauding her. Now that there are two vaccines approved and mass vaccinations have rolled out nationwide, Corbett has packed her schedule with speaking engagements in communities of color to help convince skeptical folks that the vaccine is safe and effective. She says, I understand the intricate interlacing of science and health, particularly for disparities and particularly for people of color. So it's near and dear to my heart. It's actually the reason vaccine development is important to me. And it's where I choose to take my viral immunology career. So, you know, a lot of people, I can't say a lot. Yes, I can. Because I've heard in my own community and even in my own family where they're skeptical about taking the vaccine. You know, conspiracy theories about, you know, it's not safe. It's too much that is unknown about the vaccine. We're used as guinea pigs. You know, don't be like the, the I'm not even going to say it. Do your own research. Don't be a guinea pig because we're black, because it's happened to us too much in our past. But I'm here to tell you, this is a black woman to help develop this vaccine, a black woman. And I don't know what else you need to be convinced that pandemics happen. Let me just back up a little bit and say this to you, to the skeptics. Polio was a thing back in the early 1900s. Children were born and they were crippled with this disease. They couldn't walk and a lot of diff different things that associated with polio. And then the vaccine came about. And so it was pretty much eradicated around the world, a vaccine. And I know you take your children each year before, before they begin school, between the ages of what, five and seven, because they have to become inoculated before they can start school because of other diseases that vaccines have pretty much wiped out. Vaccine. So this is yet another one. And this disease has killed countless millions around the world. Millions. And I know a lot of you listeners have family members that have succumbed to this disease. I have friends that have two and three family members that have died from COVID. And it's very, very sad. And this disease doesn't care about what color you are, what nationality you are, what your ethnicity may be, what your intelligence may be, where you live. It plagues on everyone. And I know there are millions of people around the world that have been infected with this disease and they have problems with their lungs and their hearts and, and major organs in their body as a result of this devastating disease. It did not take them out, but it causes them or has caused them to have significant medical issues that they will have to live with for the rest of their life. They will never be the same. And yet you're skeptical about taking a vaccine that could very well save your life and the life of your loved ones. It's time to really open your mind and your heart to understanding that when we have a pandemic and in, in this day and age, we have 
intelligent doctors, scientists, immunologists that are doing their job working day and night to save your life and you don't want to go get the vaccine when it's free. Now, I'm not pushing it. I've been inoculated. I've had both my shots, Moderna. And I was a little skeptical about it at first. I'm like, wow, it was it was put out too quickly initially is what I thought. But then I did my own research, what I encourage everyone to do. I went on different websites and I just, just didn't like read and pay attention to social media. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't do this, you know, the, the Facebook thing and just different articles that you can read on there. I went into the CDC and, and I did, you know, my own research to find out what was in this vaccine. And then I was calmed by what I found out. And I talked to people and I talked to doctors and I talked to nurses. I talked to different people in the medical medical field and they did calm my apprehension. And so I'm good. I'm good. You have to make up your mind because I'm telling you right now, the good (laughs) far outweighs the bad. I don't want to get the disease. I don't want anyone in my family to get it. And if there's a vaccine out there and it's going to help me stay healthy, then I'm going to do it. That's all I'm going to say about that. So I'm off my soapbox about that. But um, Dr. Corbett is amazing. And let me go on to another person, a woman of color that is a mover and shaker as well. This is Dr. Alice Stanford. And Dr. Alice Stanford's movement to save Black lives from the coronavirus began with a rental van. When she realized in early April that her fellow Philadelphians in predominantly Black neighborhoods faced disappropriately high rates of COVID and, and low rates of testing, this private practice pediatric surgeon secured a vehicle. This is what I'm just like amazed about. She secured a vehicle, supplies, and volunteers cobbling together a scrappy free mobile testing site that would soon become known as the Black Doctors COVID Consortium. The grassroots initiative has since grown into an impressive organization, received and tested more than 20,000 people to date. Stanford knew that factors ranging from pre-existing conditions to the high number of Black people working essential jobs to the history of Black people being treated unfairly by the medical community would undoubtedly affect their access to testing, not to mention their willingness to be tested for the virus. Adding that her efforts and those of the other healthcare professionals she recruited to help were all volunteers. I'm amazed. Applaud Dr. Stanford. She says, I didn't know how I was going to get paid, but I said, I'll figure it out on the back end because I'm not going to have people not getting tested and not getting what they need when I have access to provide it to them. That is the mover and a shaker. That is the person that cares beyond what she needs to do in her office setting. She went out in the trenches because she saw a need. And that's what women do. That's what women do. They're the nurturers. They are the caregivers across the board. And we have to realize and understand that we have to be a part of the solution and not 
continue this craziness where we don't want to get tested when we need to, hanging out, doing crazy stuff. And I know with the with the you know the vaccines being out there and some of the states doing crazy things like you know don't wear a mask anymore it's okay we're opening up the state 100% i'm the governor here and 40 other states have all come on board with the same ridiculousness maybe not 40 but a lot do your own research and it's far too many so you have to stay vigilant you have to be you have to be the one that advocates for yourself and your family and your community and if you are a person out there that has a business do the right thing do the right thing. You don't have to yell it from the rooftops, but just say, you know what? I would rather you come into my place of business wearing a mask until we can say that we know for a fact that 70 or 80% of the country has been vaccinated and we can probably safely, safely, safely stop wearing masks. But now is not the time to let down your guard. next phenomenal woman, this unsung hero, is PhD Kim Gallen, an associate professor of history at Purdue University, Indiana. What makes her so respected and why she is on this list is because she co-launched COVID Black. And this is really different because we kind of forget about people that are still suffering, that are missing their loved ones, that have to endure missing and coping with that empty space. So she launched COVID Black, a Black health data organization that uses data to tell stories about the Black lived experience and advocate for health equity. The group's first project, a digital memorial titled The Homegoing, aims to ease the pain and suffering of the families and friends who remain among the living. How many of you guys know that Sometimes living beyond tragedy, it's so difficult to do. It's so very difficult. And this organization pays respect to Black people in death, which is sometimes often withheld in life. I commend her efforts on COVID Black. And that's where we're going to stop right now for this week. And for part two, we have a few more unsung heroes that is our movers and shakers during this COVID pandemic that has just rocked the world and rocked our nation and even added to the division that's going on. I want to hear from you. And if you have questions about this episode or questions about anything that you think I may help shed some light on. I don't care what it's about health, uh, insecurities that you may have. It could be on any topic whatsoever. The sky is the limit. And you want to get my take on it? Well, that's perfectly fine. You can go ahead and send me an email to asklindaj at gmail.com. And I may even read your question on my podcast and I will give you my take on it. I may not be an expert, but I've been around the block a few times and I've done a few things. So I can really, really shed some light on your questions. So again, that's asklindaj at gmail.com. Thank you for listening this week. I love it that you're here. Please come back. And until next time, stay positive 
And remember, you too can make a difference. And one day you can say too that you are part of the group that made it happen. <music>